Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. About 30% of Head Start programs in California aren't within easy walking distance to a transit stop for families with young children. That's a problem, according to a report out today, because access to transit is one of the biggest barriers for families who qualify for the federal early education program. In San Francisco, KQED's Daisy Wynn explains. The National Head Start Association measured the distance between every Head Start program and their nearest transit stop. They found that almost 600 in California are more than 2,000 feet away, which they consider beyond walking distance for a toddler. Abigail Selden co-founded the Mapping Project. Why should we make it difficult for families to access the number one anti-poverty program in America? You know, Head Start is a proven program that has delivered success in almost every possible area. Selden says transit agencies can move or add bus stops closer to a Head Start location to make it easier for families to participate and for staffers to get to work. For the California Report, I'm Daisy Nguyen. Here in L.A., Hollywood actors and studios will be back at the bargaining table tomorrow as the SAG after strike surpasses 100 days. Talks between the two sides ended abruptly two weeks ago after studios walked away from negotiations. The key issue is streaming revenue and how much actors should be compensated from streaming services. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Water is, of course, the lifeblood of agriculture. But as climate change brings more extreme weather, farming towns in the Central Valley face increasing risks from both drought and flooding. KQED's senior immigration editor, Taiki Hendricks, reports on an innovative solution that's scaling up with new state investments. 
Lilia Lomeli-Hill is driving me through the little agricultural town of Grayson on the west bank of the San Joaquin River. It doesn't take long. The town is just four blocks by five blocks. This is the last street here. The river is their backyard. She's showing me how last winter's storms affected her neighbors. The lady that lives right there in that little house was at risk of getting flooded. It did go up to their yard. It could have been a lot worse, but last year, hundreds of acres of farmland along the river were turned back into natural floodplains. So when the water rose, it had somewhere to go. Across California, other farmworker towns were not so lucky. Places like Pajaro and Planada are still recovering from devastating damage. Lomeli Hill knows what that's like. Back in 1997, she lived in Modesto, 20 minutes from here, when a massive flood hit on New Year's Day. I lost my home because the waters came in four feet high. So she moved back to Grayson, where she grew up, the daughter of farm workers from Mexico. Lomeli Hill is 71 now. She's worked in education and mental health counseling, and for nearly two decades, she's run Grayson's Community Center with an after-school program, a food pantry, and a morning dance class for seniors. I teach them how to do the cha-cha-cha, the salsa, the cumbia. Community health is always on her mind, and that includes drinking water. Grayson depends on wells, and in times of drought, water levels drop and agricultural chemicals build up. Because of the chemicals of the pesticides and everything that the farmers use, we could not drink it. So everybody here in in town buys water as a precaution. Pablo Ortiz Partida, a climate scientist with the Union of Concerned Scientists, says it's common throughout the Central Valley for wells to be contaminated or dry up altogether. The the current estimate for California is that about one million people in the state lacks reliable access to drinking water supply. But the recent efforts to restore the floodplain here in Grayson may help with that, too allowing cleaner water to seep down into the aquifer underground. A nonprofit group called River Partners is buying up fallow farmland along the river, removing levees and planting native trees and grasses. Julie Rentner leads the group. She says it's a low-tech solution with a big payoff. The benefits of expanding our floodplains not only are reducing flood risk, but also recharging groundwater and helping to dilute some of the legacy contaminants Now that work is set to grow. After last winter's storms, state lawmakers budgeted nearly half a billion dollars for flood protection, including 40 million for restoring more natural floodplains along the San Joaquin River. Rentner says it's just a down payment on what's needed, but it could be a game changer. It's thinking more holistically about how we manage our water and our soil and our communities so that we can find uh, solutions, you know, to climate resilience that benefit us all. Here in Grayson, that restoration work involved dozens of local residents, including Lomeli Hill. She walks me down past willows and cottonwoods to show me a newly planted area. What I love about it is just the the sound of the birds that are coming back now. So I think that's part of the restoration project to bring nature back. 
Restoring the floodplain should help protect her community from extreme drought and flooding. But Lomeli Hill says that's not all. Going back to nature, it works with mental health and your physical health and your spiritual health. And I think that triangle is the key to facing life's challenges. She can't wait to plan outings for the kids and the seniors at the community center to walk down by the river and listen to the birds. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks in Grayson. And that is this edition of the California Report for Monday, October 23rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day out there. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. Paint Care. Now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery. On the web at schmidtocean.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randadid Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 